We are rolling. You know what we need to start doing? We need to start doing cold, like cold opens. Like how would somebody who's born without a nose feel about the smell of food? <laughs> like some just Well, no, they were Cuz yeah. obviously you can't smell the food, <laughs> so do you have a different relationship with food? Can you, well, so no. Now my question is, if you're born without a nose, can you taste the food? Well, I would assume so. I think when it comes to food, it's like three different things, right? Like you smell, taste, and like how it if, feels. If food smells bad, you most likely assume it's gonna taste bad. Okay, like, but I like crunchy things for some reason. Okay. Crunchy is a good, a good, uh, like in, in freaking 1997. Take, well, texture or gooey. I mean, that's never really been great, like eating gushers. Nobody likes that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual, the chiseled Adonis. He is a serial entrepreneur, the Filipino prince tycoon, Renee Lacard, and we are, this, this is, is Assiduous. Alright, Elon Musk. Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. He's fighting Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Because I think this is going to be interesting. I saw the odds, and Zuckerberg, the odds to bet on Zuckerberg, it's like minus 500. Meaning you would have to bet 500 bucks to win $100. If you bet on Zuckerberg, just because he's been training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? And he actually looks like the more in shape one. He of looks the two. pretty. He did something called the Murph Challenge, where he was like posting a picture of him wearing a weight vest, and he's like swole. Mm-hmm. So he's looking buff. And Elon, he's built a little big. Yeah, looks like a refrigerator. He's he's a he's an interesting human being. But there's like the, my thing is it's just such a big size difference. Right. But I don't know what level of training Elon has. How tall is Elon? He's well, like 6'2". Six, like six two. Six two. And then Zuckerberg's probably like, what, 5'10"? Five, five, Elon's five. playing with the wrong rockets. Mm, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Got a point there. Good Lord. Yeah. I, I wonder how this is going, because what does their training regiment look like? Well, Zuck, like, he genuinely likes Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. So that's why it, it's weird, because if you take someone, like, off the street, and a guy that actually knows how to do shit... Yeah, it's over. He's going to fuck him up. Right. And I know from experience, so... Looking at it, I'm like, if Elon doesn't know anything and Zuck's been training for a little bit, mm-hmm. he's going to cook him. And they're talking MMA, full-on MMA. Full-on MMA. So Elon has the advantage of, like, he's bigger, heavier, so he could lay on him. Mm-hmm. He can throw a big punch, land maybe. Right. That's going to be so interesting, dude, because we've never seen something like this where, like, a billionaire fighting another billionaire. Right. Usually when you get that rich, so you don't have to fight. So you exactly. got goons. Mm-hmm. You got people to fight for you. But now it's... it's just too willful, willful, willful indulgence in a battle of fisticuffs, a mm-hmm. fracas, kerfuffle, a brouhaha between these two huge tycoons. Tycoon. Now, this makes me wonder if this is going to become the future of like celebrity boxing. Because if you take into account in the past, we had like the Jake Paul, mm-hmm. the uh, the Logan Pauls. They yeah. went into boxing, uh, KSI, and then it started to go down to like the TikTok people, the Bryce Halls, and the um, Austin well, Broom. And Elon everything. Musk said something interesting. He said the most interesting interesting outcome is the most likely like you're in a movie and it's true when you look at life interesting shit tends to happen whatever the most interesting thing is the outcome so i mean that's part of the reason why he wants to do it because think about it that has never been done in history in the history of the world and you just have these two guys with billions of dollars the richest guy in the world and like another guy that's in the top 10 i think right just fucking fighting and what's so interesting... And why, too? The reason, too, is, like, why? Like, what, how did this even start? Do you know how it boredom. started? Gotta be boredom. 
They're just bored. They just want to they, they got to be bored. Like, because if you're at that point where almost similar to what, what happened with the whole submarine thing with searching for the Titan, you, you just have individuals who just got nothing but time on their hands. So naturally, the creativity is, but wait, what if I fought another billionaire? Yeah. And then you have to find another billionaire crazy enough to say, shit, why don't we fight? And I feel like it's going to happen now just because you can't pussy out. Right. Whoever pussies out, they're going to get roasted for the rest of their life. And Zuck, he has that advantage, so he, he wants to go. Right. Now Elon, just ha- he has the size advantage, and I think Elon's a bigger guy, so naturally he's, he wants to do it. And I think it does nothing but help their brands because you have to have balls to step into an octagon, a ring, Facts. any form of combat sport. People are going to respect you no matter what. If, if they do it, they're going to respect them no matter what. But I do think there's only one way things could go wrong. For one, if they step into the ring and they look so terrible to where it looks like there's two drunk uncles that's fighting at a barbecue, you don't want to have that well, kind of That's That's outbreak. what it's going to look like. Well, I yeah, can so, almost I guarantee you it's going to be bad. It's going to be mm-hmm. lazy. Mark Zuckerberg might try to take them down or something. Right. And that's when they'll start getting more technical. But if they're just standing on the feet, I doubt that it's going to be anything interesting. And it makes me wonder, like, man, what do we see? Some blood? Is somebody gonna tap out? Because I think the the finish of the fight is gonna be what really catches a lot of eyes. Because unless you're into the combat sports, then if they put on a great performance, the totality of the entire event, people will really be the you know, average blinded. person quits really easily. Though. Exactly. That's what makes it interesting. Because UFC fighters, they fight to the fucking death. Right. They're ready to go. Right. With Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, I don't think they've been through any like struggle recently. Like they got their maids mm-hmm. and their house cleaners and their personal chefs and their baby their entire life. They don't have to worry. So the second one of them gets punched in the face and starts, when you see your own blood, that's different. Now exactly. you freak out. You're like a little kid that sees their blood and they don't know what to do. A lot of people haven't seen their own blood before. Mm-hmm. I think about that a lot too. I'm like, if a guy pulled up on me in the street and I hit him, he starts bleeding, he's probably never seen his own blood before. He's gonna freak out. I win that fight automatically. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking with these guys, they've never seen their own blood. Like, what happens if someone gets punched? See, that's where it's a mindset thing, because now I'm starting to think, like, all right, is it going to be three rounds, five rounds, eight rounds, 12 rounds? Because the longer the fight goes, now you're really testing somebody's will. Yeah. Because granted, three minutes in any combat sport is forever. Yeah. Like, people, oh, man, it's only three minutes. Hold a plank for three minutes. You're going to hate yourself. Mm-hmm. Try to fight against somebody for three minutes. You're going to wish you Someone's trying to take your head off for three minutes. Exactly. So since that's the case, now I'm starting to think, like, man, are they going to do it three minutes? Or I should say uh, three rounds, five rounds, because I think that also factors in. Because mm-hmm. if you look at it like, all right, it's a five-round fight. If you just look aesthetically, Zuckerberg appears to be in better shape than Musk. Yeah. So with that straight out the gate, it makes me wonder what the strategy would be. Would it be let's end the fight as soon as we can or prolong the fight to where it works into your favor? True. It, what's crazy is if I was Elon Musk and I'm way bigger, I would literally just charge him like right. a bull, like a rhino, like some sort of like elephant creature. Just charge him because mm-hmm. what is he going to do? He's going to like hug you and like he can't really do anything. But right? with, with, with jujitsu, isn't it like because... Usually there's a stigma with jujitsu where it's yeah. like you start on the ground. Like if, yeah, yeah. if somebody was a home invader and you do British, you know, Brazilian jujitsu, yeah, you're done. You're just you, you immediately go to the ground. Like all right, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, whip out the gun now, try to yeah. do something. So since that's the case, it makes me wonder what styles they're gonna use. But if I, I, I agree with you, if I'm Elon, I would rush him. I don't think I would be in a situation where we're standing up. Because you're just hands. so much bigger. Right. You're so much bigger. The other guy's more fit. He's lighter. He's probably healthier. I hate to say healthier because that's mm. 
a weird one, but probably healthier, better cardio. You got to just get on top of him and just weigh him down. Yeah, make suffocate him, him. Suffocate him, exactly. Yeah. Smother him, probably Smother, do something. Smother. Because if he gets on top, let's just say weird world, Elon jumps on top of Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg's trying to find an out. <laughs> you got to like, make, make him uncomfortable, It's crazy right? it sounds like we're talking about like some... Something that will never happen, but right. in fact, actually, it, it can, it's like Dana celebrity deathmatch. Dana, yeah, celebrity deathmatch. Dana right. White actually got on a call with both of them, the mm -hmm. president of UFC. He got on a call with both of them, and he was trying to sort it out and figure it out with everyone. And Dana makes things happen. He does. He does. A, and dude, if there's anybody who can orchestrate it, it's him. And yeah. if you can make it a spectacle, it's him. So I'm sure they're already talking about the specifics. How many rounds do you want? Mm -hmm. Where is it going to be at? Like, where's the money going? What charity? Because these guys, when they fight, they're gonna get, they're gonna make so much money. It has to go to charity. Right. Think about it. If if you sell this pay per view for a hundred bucks, how many you're gonna sell? You'll sell three, four million pay per views. Mm -hmm. Just off of these two guys' names. Yeah, and, and it's gonna be global, around mm -hmm. the globe. And then now that makes me wonder because, of course, you don't want to, you you want to have a bit of legitimacy to it, but I think they have leverage here because legitimately this can be a marquee pay-per-view just is, off of the name of Zuckerberg versus Musk. Mm -hmm. So you got to put forth an entire show. It can't just, all right, yeah, let's just pay all this money, pull up for one fight. Let's just say it ends yeah, in 12 no. seconds, you go home. So you're going to want to have uh, preliminaries, undercard, all this other stuff. So immediately my mind starts running. If they made this a full-on show, who can you have battle? Because you can have actual fights Man, underneath. If you but that, I think it should be tycoon versus tycoon no, but you could, across like, the board. Like you could have a co-main event like Logan Paul versus Andrew Tate. Mm. Yo, you will sell oh. so many pay-per-views, bro. Oh my God. See that right there. Because now you'd be in a situation where it's like you're really bad. Like who's the real true main event? Yeah. So then now you're really selling tickets there. And then on top of that, it can divulge into a whole lot of different things. Because it's global. It's not just in one spot. So now you could have CEOs versus other CEOs. Yeah. So imagine, let's say, if you did the NFL versus the NBA. So mm -hmm. now you have Adam Silver versus Roger Goodell. Yeah. Dana White could be orchestrating the entire thing, but he can step into it as well. Like Dana White versus Vince, well, Vince McMahon's kind they of. They should do that just to now. solve problems. Like right. anyone, anyone, anyone has beef with, mm -hmm. just fucking put him in an octagon. I think that's how you should solve all the problems of the world. 100%. Because at that point, it's no longer, when I look at people and they're just running their mouth over social media, mm -hmm. I'd much rather say, hey, you know what? Let's just get in an octagon, let's fight. I can shut you up myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, here, here's one thing. I would love to get in the octagon with like a college professor. Mm -hmm. Those are like my nemesis. My nemesis? Is that, <laughs> is that where nemesis is? Ne nemesis? Nemesi? Nemesis. That's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Like, yeah, you get nemesis, college professors. Yeah, just because I do entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. they teach kids how to make money. Like, let's say a business professor at a college. Right. They teach kids how to make money through business. Mm -hmm. I teach actual business, but for some reason, I'm the one that gets shamed for teaching business. Meanwhile, these college professors that don't own businesses, they're, uh, they're not getting shamed for that. Mm. So I want to just get in the ring with one of them okay. at any point. Now, how do you I identify? I don't care. They could be 70 years old. Just any college professor. Any, who okay. any college professor. Okay. So how Name would you pitch them. this idea? Would you go to like Harvard Business School? You walk around. I got smoke for any college professor. <laughs> if you up. teach business, great. These hands Come are for you. see me, yeah. Right, okay. Listen, this is a bad business move, 100% off these hands. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
I like that. I like that. It's not a bad metric. You can go to school to school, reach out to any particular professor. Now, you kind of going to run into a problem if you have, like, some sort of X boxer or X MMA fighter that just, yeah. I changed my life. I went from fighting in the streets. Now I'm teaching those people. those types of guys, like, I don't know, for the way I see these academic guys, these mm -hmm. nerds, they don't fight. Mm -hmm. You know? These athletes, let's say you're an X boxer you would much rather become a real entrepreneur than a business professor. You're not gonna teach business theory, you're gonna run an actual business because you like the feeling of winning. Right. As a professor that's teaching it, you don't get the, the dopamine from a win. Especially if you're not doing it. Like, as an athlete, you know this, the dopamine you get from a win or scoring a point, any sort of achievement is incomparable. The only thing that compares to it is business, a business win. Closing a big deal, let's say you close a million dollar deal, that's a similar dopamine hit you're gonna get from winning a championship title in football or basketball. Mm -hmm. So th those are the only comparable things. So athletes typically tend to go to business, whereas the academics, these professors and other nerds, they are the ones that teach theory, but they don't actually do any of the stuff, which is frustrating. Mm -hmm. For me, like the college, we talked about this a little bit, but I hate the college education system, mm -hmm. strictly because the other day I thought about it, I was like, I should start a college where people come to me, they learn how to do marketing, and I would guarantee them a job. Because college, what's the difference between that and any other college? Right. Colleges, the entire way that they're framed is if you go, you might get a job. Right. There's no guarantee. They, they've sold people on that idea. If you go here, you might get a job. Mm -hmm. What if I started a college, people paid, and they actually got jobs? Wouldn't that be so much better than the colleges you take? And the craziest part, colleges are in cahoots with the government, so you can get loans for colleges, mm -hmm. pay 50 grand to not get a job. It's crazy. Yeah, and you got people going into these crippling debt where they yeah. can't, they, 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 we talked about it before, where you would literally spend your entire life having to pay back, you know, debt and everything of that nature. So it now makes me wonder, like, all right, you versus this college professor, and because they're pretty much in a situation where they're not teaching, you know, the, the grand scheme of things, and they're not actually doing it. So in your opinion, how do you think if you have your own university, you start that up. How would you now legitimize yourself? Is it just based on look at my achievements, look at what I've done to where I have that authority and legitimacy that's there? Because people will look at college and like you stated, it's all a, you might get a job. Mm -hmm. If you can guarantee and you have the, the receipts, how do you get people to steal? Because there's a lot of people who just, oh, yeah. I'll go to school because that's already embedded the in their brain. The thing is people are always gonna go to the pedigree. It takes a long time for society to move, and I think eventually, at some point, colleges will be absolute, absolute, obsolete, obsolete, yeah, obsolete, obsolete. Yeah, at some point, colleges will be obsolete. Like a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, no one's gonna be going to colleges anymore. They can learn all the skills outside from the actual person. Mm -hmm. Good example: If you want to learn how to play basketball, are you gonna learn from Steph Curry or like some dude that watches a lot of basketball games? Like someone, a, a sports commentator. Are you gonna learn from a sports commentator? Or are you gonna learn from Steph Curry? <laughs> you gonna go to Steph Curry? Hundred percent. So now that people have access because of the internet to the people that actually teach these things, colleges become less and less useful. Uh, and I think it's gonna take a while for people to catch on to that because right now the entire industry, they're looking at people strictly for their credentials. Where do you have a business degree from? Oh, business degree from Harvard, cool, you can get a job with us. Why are you getting a business degree to get a job, first of all? Secondly, companies are changing. So SpaceX, they don't need people with degrees, they need people with talent now. Mm -hmm. And eventually, once these companies start adopting that, hey, we don't care where you went to school, we only care about what you can do and what talent you have, that's when the world will change because 
the standard will no longer become college degree. It's going to become experience, going to be actual skill. It's going to be performance. Right, and I think we're leaning more back towards the meritocracy yeah. as well. Because I'm happy that What's you brought up What's a meritocracy? I dropped oh, out of college. I don't so, know <laughs> so it's basically based on, like, your, your, pretty much your performance is what dictates, mm -hmm. you know, where you ascend and everything, right? Because I'm glad that you mentioned that regarding, like, with sports. Because there's a conversation that's going around now, especially amongst um, athletes, where they're looking at the performance on the field, on the court, on the clay, wherever it may be. Mm -hmm. A lot of the trainers are not individual who've played or competed at the highest level yeah you have a lot of people who well let's say you went to a d3 college you went to a juco went to a d2 you didn't quite make it to the top of the top mm -hmm. oftentimes you'll be like all right if i want to excel i would want to train underneath somebody who performed at the highest level right right so then now with basketball for example a lot of the moves all look the same mm -hmm. a lot of the jump shots the pay, the post moves the flow of the game everybody looks the same yeah. So T-Mac was actually talking about it, shout out to Tracy McGrady, and he was like, man, you know, all of these trainers, they're all teaching people the same stuff, and there's so much wasted motion. Mm -hmm. So now that immediately, when I look at business, when I look at anything in school, if you look at somebody who's already doing it, let's like say you have a doctor, of course there's certain professions that you have to go to school for, mm -hmm. but if you just shadowed under a professional, you would learn so much more than having to learn from a professor or whatever the case may be who's actually not even doing it. Because look at it like this. You're going to go get the degree. You're going to graduate. And then you're going to shadow on somebody anyway. Yeah. So what if you just took that time frame of you being, you know, reading the books and everything, shadow under that person for that same time frame. You will have probably made it further than the person who got the books and then started shattering four years, four years later. Well, think about it. You're going to like this. I'm going to use a word. Mm. The entire system is antiquated. Ah, okay. All yeah, right. the nice entire word. system. Nice word. <laughs> nice word. Nice word. Ooh, all right, all right. The entire system is antiquated. This system that we've built into the world, it's all over a hundred years old. Mm. So it doesn't work in the modern world where everything moves so fast. When you look at business, things happen in the blink of an eye. Lives change in the blink of an eye. So when you look at the system, they say go to school, get a job that pays you well, save some money, invest it. Right? They use these words, invest right. it. Let compound interest work. People don't realize compound interest takes 30 years, 40 years to work, mm. or it takes millions of dollars. Compound interest, it works, but it acts on time or, or money, the amount right. of money you have. So people that are just investing in stock portfolios passively, they're not gonna end up being rich until they're 50, 60 years old. Mm. But they don't do that. They sell you the idea that you'll be rich when you do it. It's how you save money, so when you're 60, and they get you okay with being rich at 60. When in reality, we know nobody wants to be rich at 60. Every single person I know that wants to make money wants to make money now while they're young, while they can spend it, while they can use it, while they can live a good life. So the entire system's antiquated in the sense that it's made for people to work, to then save their money, to then be rich when they're old, to pass it down to their kids. And you know what's interesting? Like even with now, there's a stigma around like with get rich quick scheme. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, wouldn't you want to get rich quick? Yeah. Doesn't it make more sense to make your money now like 100%. granted delayed gratification that's big that's very yeah. important but if i told you you can be a millionaire now at 25 28 29 30 versus having to wait 30 plus years you would probably choose now but i think it's just that there's a a mindset that's missing to where they're like ah that's not attainable well the, the issue is get rich quick usually implies easy right they're usually synonymous. Getting rich quick is getting rich easy without effort. That's not, that's, that, doesn't, that doesn't exist. Getting rich quick is possible, it's just hard. 
you want to get rich quick. A get rich quick scheme could be real, but get rich quick and hard. Right. Pause. Yeah, it's not, yeah, pause. Yeah, for him to pause. So yeah, you crazy. have, like, it's yeah. possible to get rich quick. I know a bunch of people that get rich quick, quickly. Mm -hmm. They'll make a million dollars in a year. They'll go from being broke to making a million dollars in a year. They'll pop off on YouTube. They'll have a viral video. Something will change their lives. It's possible to get rich quick. And that should be the goal for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's not possible to get rich easy. Right, because the, the faster you get to your dream life, the longer you can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to be in a situation where you're sitting there like, oh man, you know what, I'm going to use all of these, you know, slow paced methods in order to go and make money. Because the sooner that you can make that money, the faster you'll be able to enjoy it, the more you'll be able to enjoy it. That's very important. And I think now, especially on social media, where there's a large influx of gurus and yeah. people who's telling you all these different things. Well, you know, you could build out this LL, the LLC bros, where everyone, oh yeah, you make this LLC, immediately start making money. Now granted, I understand why people would look at things and think, all right, well, these can be scams. There's some people whose systems that they implement clearly aren't as well as they claim yeah. you know it to be. But in the grand scheme of things, again, there's a lot of ways that these gurus or people who are doing it can legitimately help you in your quest to go I and make money. I saw one of the stupidest things ever. There was a guy, his bio said, owner of six LLCs. I'm like, that's how you know you know nothing about business. Right. Real businessmen, and this is what I hate, when I started this entrepreneurship journey, the LLC was everything to me. I worshiped mm. the LLC. I'm like, I'm an LLC owner. It makes you feel official to say LLC. Mm. Real business owners, LLCs are the last thing on their mind. They think about the actual operations of the business, how the business makes money, and the LLC is where they funnel, LLC is where they funnel all the money through. Mm -hmm. But it's not like they're not taking pride in the LLC. Because an LLC, I can, I'm 10 clicks away. I hit the computer, I'm 10 clicks away from forming an LLC. Click, 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 credit card, boom. 500 bucks later, I have an LLC tomorrow. That's the easy part. The actual business building is the hard part. Mm. And they don't understand that if you're making no money, what do you need an LLC for? If you don't have an actual business, what do you need an LLC for? An LLC is for the people that actually make the money already. But right. people put too much focus on the LLC, they don't put enough focus on the actual business. Mm -hmm. 100%. And now that makes me, because I look at all these courses, mm -hmm. the mentorships, things of this nature, and I always tell people all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in a situation where you wanna make a bit of money and you see all these other courses and everything. Don't get distracted by all the numbers, but do your research. Because a lot of people, they, like you stated, they think it's easy. They're like, yeah. all right, well, if I get rich quick, then it's just get rich easy. Here's where the problem comes from. There's a lot of individuals who are just strictly lazy. You're not willing to go and do the work because there's so many resources that are out there to where you can leverage the free content. First thing that you should do, once you identify, oh, this person has a course, this person's a guru, they're in a niche that you're actually interested in, then you search all of the free resources that that person offers, whether they have a YouTube channel, whether they yep. have a free webinar, whether they have a free masterclass, whether they do lives, whatever the case is, you dive deep into that category, mm -hmm. right? Because same thing happens in school. You gotta study so that you could pass quizzes. You gotta study so you could go and pass tests. So the same thing applies if you're gonna go the alternative route and you go follow with a guru or whatever. But in the midst of searching all of the free content, the moment that you get to the point where you feel as if you need more, that's when you go and you break out the credit card. That's uh, when you break out the My issue with a lot of this too, like I agree there's a ton of scammers out there. Right. And it's your job to do your due diligence yeah. to figure out which people are scammers. Because the guru space, everyone can fucking claim to be a guru. It's pretty obvious which ones are the scammers. Yeah. If their page only has four pictures on it and they have them with a Lamborghini, them on a private jet or something, 
they're probably a scammer. But if they have years upon years, the other day I got called a scammer, which is why I started thinking about this. Someone said, you're a scammer. Or, or they said, I don't know, man, this sounds like a scam. And I thought about it, I'm like, I literally have five, six, seven years of photos, videos, mm -hmm. content, me pushing out that you could look, you could do your own research to determine this is not a scam. But more than that, when I look at it, the people who are broke are typically the ones that think of everything as a scam. They live in fear, right? When you think about it, they're the last ones to judge what is valuable, what's not valuable, because they're selling their time for $15 an hour. They're getting scammed every single day. This company's saying, hey, I'll give you 15 bucks in exchange for one hour. Mm -hmm. Be my slave for an hour, 15 bucks. And they're saying yes. So they're getting scammed, but they're calling everything else. Hey, here you can potentially learn how to change your future. I don't know, it sounds like a scam. And it's like, it's, you can't really help, the, the richest people I know are the most optimistic investors. Right. They're the ones that will dump 100 grand in a real estate deal and be like, let's hope it works. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking, oh, is this a scam? I have a friend who lost a million in crypto. Lost a million dollars in crypto because he heard from someone reliable that he hopped this, on the Doge wave. No, I don't know what it was. He didn't tell me, but he, he heard from someone reliable about a crypto project that was going to take off. He said, you know what? I'll dump a million in it because this is going to be my 100x play. Sure enough, it didn't work out for him. Mm -hmm. He's not sitting there thinking, oh, it was a fucking scam. He's sitting there thinking, well, shit, now I have to make the money back. Let's get back to work. He's not, he's not focused on, is it a scam? Is it a scam? Because think about it, if you're scared to invest $1,000 into your education, into learning something, into an uh, uh, asset, mm -hmm. how are you going to invest $100,000? You know what's interesting about that? It's like people will say, I'm, I'm, I'm investing in myself or I'm, I'm building myself up. But then how? If you don't put your money where your mouth is, right? So if you're going to invest in education, there's so many different forms of education that you can go and find stuff out. So let's just say you were to go and find like a guru, somebody who's saying all of this stuff that sounds too good to be true. Right. You make sure you have to properly vet that individual. Like you said, if somebody got an Instagram, you got four posts from last month. This is when you started posting. Of course, this red person's flag. Yeah. Huge red flag. But you got to dive deep into the content, see how extensive and knowledgeable they are. Moreover, oftentimes, if you leave very detailed questions, you can find out if that person knows what they're talking about. 100%. So, for example, if you have a webinar that you're running, they're going through with the webinar or whatever, sometimes that individual opens stuff up for questions. If you hop into enough webinars, you can now have a full spreadsheet of questions. You can questions. discern the difference between and, the two. And if you ask somebody a question, unless it's just a spectacular question that leaves somebody stumped, oftentimes on the entry level, they should have an answer to whatever the hell it is that yep. you're asking. So if they're sitting there like, all right, well, so if I wanted to get into social media marketing, well, which, which app would I go to? Um, yeah, may, maybe, maybe Reddit would be a good idea. I think maybe Sconex, maybe on Bebo. If somebody says something like that, you know they don't know what they're talking about. I think just people are lazy, stuff. though. That's the issue. They're too lazy to do the research, mm. so they just want it handed to them. And when right. you want something handed to you, you're going to get handed shit sometimes. You know? So people have to do the research, but they're just too lazy to do the research. And then you know what's interesting? If you want to get to the point where you have the stuff that's essentially somewhat handed to you, you have to go into the very high ticketed program yeah. to where they give you the framework, they give you the systems, they give you the outline, they give you the blueprint. But then in situations like that, the people who actually pay for that, they're so high level to where they're going to take action. Because when you actually pay for something, now you're actually being held accountable. Yeah. You're actually paying 
to get that attention to detail. 100%. So if you're in a situation where you're not, you're, you're just going through the free stuff, you're trying to do the research, and on top of that, I think with the um, the uh, the mentors and the gurus, what makes them so important, at least the ones who aren't scamming you, is you're in a situation where there's the level of accountability that exists there, and there's also a roadmap as yeah. well. If you're going into school, you're saying, all right, I wanna go learn about business. You're gonna learn about all kinds of multifaceted stuff. If you want to focus in on one thing, you find somebody who's a professional in that one thing, you're going to learn everything about that one thing and it keeps you focused to where you don't have distractions all over the place. I think a lot of times the reason people fail is because they have ego. Mm. So they'll go into a business with ego and it'll stop them from asking people for advice, learning from other people, following something other than what they know. Because for me, I had an ego, I still have an ego, but to this day, if I see someone doing something that I don't know how to do, I'm gonna pick their brain, I'm gonna ask them what they do. Even with you, when, when you come here, I ask you like YouTube stuff all the time. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna defer to you on a lot of, for this podcast, titles, thumbnails, everything YouTube or social media related, I'm gonna defer to you because that's mm. something you know. Right. So what, what I can do is I can, when it comes to the business monetization, that stuff where I'll, I'll kind of lead in, but as far as getting this off the ground, popping it off, I'm gonna defer to you always just cause you know, and people have egos and they're too blinded by their ego and their ideas. They think they have the best idea in the world, but they have nothing to show for it. And you have to have a level of humility, I think, when you're entering the space, even in business and in personal. Because oftentimes you have the people come in, you say, all right, well, I have a great idea. Mm -hmm. This is gonna work. I'm gonna do everything that I can to make sure it works. If you haven't gotten to the point where you look at it like, wait a minute, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe there's somebody who's out there who knows a bit more than me. Sometimes I need to defer. Sometimes I need to confide in somebody else. Sometimes I have to take a step back and identify what it is that I'm good at. Because the ego will tell you, double down on your strengths, but then try to go and strengthen your weaknesses or whatever yeah. the case is. But oftentimes when you see successes, you just focus on your strength. You get somebody else to cover the weaknesses, but you have to identify what that is. And you have to be honest with yourself. I think it's self-awareness as well. Right. Because a lot of people, they'll, they'll come, especially me, they pitch me all these ideas all the time on the internet and they say, hey, uh, I have the next billion dollar app idea. I'm like, cool, how much have you made on it? They're like, nothing. Well, how is it worth a billion dollars then? An idea is worthless. Right. How the fuck can you say something's worth a billion dollars if you haven't made any money with it yet? And one thing that pisses me off is a lot of people have the audacity to say, listen, invest in me first, and when it makes money, you'll get a piece of that. And to me, it's kind of like, I can do this without you. I can literally do this without you. Why would I pay you just because you have an idea? There's ideas every single day. There's millions of ideas. There's a reason none of them work. I have people pitch me ideas. This is the greatest idea. I listen to it. I'm like, it would never work. And they say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And maybe one in every 100,000 of those, they're gonna be right. I don't know what I'm talking about. And they're right and they end up being billionaires. 99% of them, they're just clueless when it comes to business. They're not willing to listen. They just think they have the best idea and they stay at the bottom, they stay broke. And what's so interesting is, and I've had a moment like that once where I had a, uh, um, a colleague of a colleague who had came to me with colleague a business. Of a colleague. Yeah, a colleague of a colleague who had came that to me with like a That sounds like a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I know somebody who knows yeah, somebody. Yeah, a colleague of a colleague. Right, and he came to me with a business proposal and he was talking about, well, yeah, we got this clothing brand and stuff like this and everything like, yeah, you know, if it, it, I had a different brand that I worked with before and we were able to scale it up to a particular amount of money and we had all these excess amount of people wearing it. And the whole time I'm listening to him, I'm like, okay, so 
you had this clothing brand, you had certain celebrities wear it. That's all well and good, but you could just send them the free clothes yeah. and they could just wear it or whatever the case is. So I said, all right, we'll see where this goes. So a couple of grand in, sent in a, a couple grand to him. Like, all right, yeah, I'll give a little bit of investment just to see where the things go. And nothing took off yeah. at all. And I just find myself almost feeling like I'm, I'm like a, a, a mafioso type of situation because every time we see each other, I'm just sitting down like, hey, so... How's, how's the business go? Oh yeah, you know, I just gotta work on this, gotta work on. But the whole time it's like it's you had an that. idea and you never really applied anything. You just assumed, all right, I'll just throw money at it. But you don't take into account the work that goes behind it. You just think off the basis of just your own ego, it's gonna grow. Yeah. And that's not gonna people get you People think anywhere. the world is, is centered around them. People think the world revolves around them. So they assume any idea they have, it's gonna make money. We don't realize how much work goes into it. When, ultimately, when I look at any deal that comes across the table for me, I look at MVPs. And I think a lot of businesses, when you think Shark Tank, all of this stuff, people say, I'm gonna go on Shark Tank. Shark Tank looks for businesses that have proven MVPs, mm -hmm. minimum viable product, something that shows that they work. That's what they always ask, oh, what are your sales? If a company has sales, you know it's, it's working somehow, and there's places you could fix it. If it, there's no sales, it's just an idea, and the only thing stopping you is money, usually a red flag. Yeah, you gotta start and be willing to fail. Yeah. I think if, if, if you're in a situation where you're not willing to fail, you're never gonna be able to succeed. Like Michael yeah. Jordan has the quote where he says like he shot um, uh, over a thousand shots, missed over a thousand shots. Things of like that, you gotta be accustomed man, to I wonder how fail. many of these things, I hear so many quotes like that, like mm -hmm. Bruce Lee has a thing, I don't fear a man who practiced thousand mm -hmm. kicks. I yeah. fear the man who practiced one, one kick, kick a thousand, thousand times. times. Yeah, and so many, so many moments, when, whenever I see quotes like that, it's symbolic. I think it's more in theory, because if you take it legitimately versus, you know, uh, 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 just in theory, you'll be in a situation where you're sitting there like, oh, so I got to fail a thousand times in order to succeed. No, it's the, the it's 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 yeah. the meaning behind it. Yeah. Because if you've never tasted that failure, you won't really enjoy the success. You ever seen somebody who just keep winning? Like everything they LeBron try, James. they just keep winning. LeBron James. Well, he he had his downside. Drake. Well, Drake. To a certain degree. Rene Lacade. Ah, you've been winning a good period of time. Yeah, I mean, the beard, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't connect yet. But I mean, soon enough, you know, you work toward where you got to get to. But yeah, it's like, it, it's, you have to be willing to fail. But also, a part of that too, is even people that seem like they're always winning, they're only broadcasting the wins. Right. I guarantee they're losing a lot. Mm -hmm. They're taking a bunch of L's, they're just not showing you. And you know what's funny? If you show the L's, you have so much more transparency. Facts. And legitimacy with the, with, with the audience. Because if, 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 imagine you're somebody who's just, all you do is just post failure all the time. Like all you talk about is your failure all the time. When you finally old. get that win, oh my God, this Everyone guy won. Knows. True, if you build an audience of like losing. A good example, I think there was a cartoon, I'm not sure what it was. It was something similar to Tom and Jerry, let's mm. say, where he always fails to catch the mouse. Right. If at the very end, he finally caught the mouse, People would be like, wow, I'm happy for him. He's been working at it so hard. Mm -hmm. Even though he's doing probably eating the mouse, it's kind of fucked up. But like people would be like, wow, he finally did it. And it, I think that just equates to life. If you're posting all your failures, hey, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. And then you post that big win, people would love that. Yeah, it's like in sports when you have the, the person who keeps losing, so then they start to say this person deserves to win. Mm -hmm. And once you build up that rapport with the audience, because truly in life, nobody deserves anything. Yeah. You have to earn everything. Everything is earned. I need to everything so is bad. earned. Yeah, so since oh. everything has to be earned, you're in a situation where if you feel as if 
you have to be deserved. I'm just going, it's me, it's me and you guys right now. So if you feel as if you're in a position where, man, I, have, I deserve this because I've owed this for the way that I've lived my life. That's the wrong mentality to have. You have to earn everything in life. Nobody's gonna hand anything to you. So with that being the case, you gotta go out there and fail. You have to try things and fail. Of course, success isn't a guarantee, but if you don't try anything, then where the hell are you gonna go? You can't just sit over here with ideas in your mind all day, no application. It's like communication without comprehension. Information without application. What are you doing? You're just sitting on a gold mine of something that can work and then you don't put in the work to make it happen. And that's one of the biggest problems that happen because we got egos that we haven't earned. I think you gotta earn the right to have an ego. I don't think you could just wake up in the morning, you say, all right, I'm this big boastful individual. I got all this great ideas. I will be a millionaire. I'll be a billionaire, all this other stuff. That's great thoughts, but if you don't got the track record, you haven't done the work, then what? It's just empty promises. You're just in a situation where you're just talking. It's all lip service. So you don't want to, have to be that type of person. It's a terrible way this to live, great. all right? And moreover, your friends, they're probably going to outgrow you because you're just somebody who's a talker and not a doer. Those are the worst people to be around. I Facts. can't stand no, Okay, so like I got to add to that. I'm fresh. I'm empty. Um, mm. oh. <laughs> hopefully, David, we didn't, we didn't get that. Right? I covered my mic this time. Yeah, I heard the flush, but... Okay, perfect. Oh. Perfect. Um, no, so that, what you said there is a huge one. There's a lot of people that are always, I've been, I've been grinding, I've been grinding. I'm like, where's the results? Man, I've been grinding, I've been trying. They say this over and over and over again. All they do is, is hustle, grind. They never have any traction or results mm -hmm. because they're not really grinding. Or if they are grinding, they're not working smart. They're just, they're just on a treadmill, right? A lot of times people are on a treadmill. They're, this hustle culture, hustle culture is not toxic. It's only toxic when you're on the treadmill, when right. you're hustling for nothing, when there's no end goal. Mm -hmm. But hustle culture, that's, that's the perfect way to equate it. If you say hustle culture, some people are on the treadmill, some people are moving forward. Some right. people are in real life and they're moving forward. Mm -hmm. And the ones that can discern the difference, am I making progress, is something new happening versus someone that is just sitting in the same spot trying the same thing over and over again, right? Definition of insanity, someone who tries the same thing over and over expecting a different result. Those are the people that will always be in a, a perpetual state of misery. grinding. Misery yeah. is another misery. One. I feel good doing a podcast with you because my vocabulary just gets ah, so yeah. much sharper. Yeah, I said, what did I say? I never said. I said antiquated. Yeah, you said antiquated. I said uh, perpetual. Right. Um, an another one. Um, uh, it'll come back. Discern. Discern. That's who. Oh, that's not really that big of a word, but all yeah, right. Yeah, no, but like, hey, this, who who says discern? How low is the bar? Hey, listen, who says discern though? A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people in my circle, we say mm. discern all the time. We use it. a lot of sesquipedalian words. We're okay. not talking about that right now. But, you know, you're well, going to be increasing you know, your lexicon. Pusillanimous. Pusillanimous. That sounds <laughs> like some sort of vaginal <laughs> disease. Oh, babe, I, I came back. I have, a, um, I'm positive for pusillanimous. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, boy. That's brutal. Wake up with warts on your genitals. I want to have that happen. Pus, okay. Pusil, pusillanimous. P pusillanimous. What does it mean? I've never heard this word. Showing a lack of courage or determination. Pusillanimous. Timid. Pus a pussy. Ah, well, what do you know? Pusillanimous. 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 I didn't even know you could Showing do that. Showing a lack of courage or determination. Interesting. No, 
pusillanimous. You're being real pusillanimous right now. All right, pusillanimous. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Use it in a sentence. You got me there. <laughs> you got me there. But hey, that showcases you're not a, you're not a you know, talker. You're a doer. You use the word. You brought I'm the speaking word. Words, I'm speaking words. dollar signs. Right? Oh, boy. Oh, there it is. There it is. It works out. You know, but those are the worst type of people. The people who are just talkers. They're not doers. They don't yeah. actually go out there and do anything. And I think that's when, if you have a, that's, that's when the ego could be a positive, right? Where if you're growing, and the people around you just so happen to be talkers, not doers, you start to outgrow those people, you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Because granted, not everybody's gonna be on their grind. Some people may not feel like they wanna achieve all things in life, but when you're an individual who's around people who say they want this particular kind of lifestyle, they're not doing enough, you gotta get away from them. Because those are the people who go pull you down. And I think that's a big, I talk about it a lot, that's the big difference between confidence and arrogance. Mm. When you look at someone like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, they're not arrogant. Some people say they're arrogant. To me, they're not arrogant. They're confident. They can back it up. When I, when I want to be able to say something, when I want to be confident, it's because I can back things up. When I can go to someone and say, hey, I'm fucking rich, I'm not being an arrogant asshole. As people might see it like that, but it's true. It's, based, it's objectively true. And because of that, it's more confident than, than arrogance. I think arrogant people are the ones that will make claims that they can't back up. I think you're allowed, you should be allowed to say whatever you want to say. You could say, I'm the fucking, I'm the shit at YouTube, because you are, mm. because you've earned the right to say that, because now you've earned the right to be confident. If you were to say, I'm the shit at YouTube, you have 600 subscribers, I'm not dissing people with 600 subscribers, but you're just not the shit at YouTube, mm. right? You're delusional almost, you're, you're arrogant to, to a degree, because you don't back that up with any redeeming like statistic. So I think that's the biggest difference between talkers and doers. For me, the reason I was so motivated to get results and to, is, was so I could talk. Because for me to talk my shit when I'm broke, don't have anything going for me, I come off as arrogant. Right. I look stupid. For me to talk my shit and it's true, that's cooler. That's why Drake can rap the way he raps. He can say some crazy, crazy shit and he, he'll get away with it. Mm -hmm. Other rappers can't do that because they're not living that Drake life. They don't have the money Drake has. They're not living Drake's life. They don't have the accolades he has. So because of that, anything, if another rapper says it, it sounds corny. When Drake so says it, it sounds confident. And that's one of the reasons why I think there should be something in motion to where mm -hmm. like, if you say you're gonna do something, you gotta be held to it. Yeah. Like there, there should be no more open problem. Like I'm all for freedom of speech, but now I think there needs to be freedom of consequences, right? Ooh. So let's just say you're in a situation where somebody says, all right, I'm gonna do this, or hey, I'm good. doing this, that's great. If you don't get this done in the time frame that you claim you're gonna get it done, let's just throw chairs at you. Some just randomly, just chairs start flying out of the sky, hit you right in the top of your head. You just, like some sort of divine intervention well, happens to the way fair, you're held accountable for saying stuff. To be fair, I think the universe does, to a certain extent, balance itself in that way. Mm -hmm. And an analogy that you might like, a good example, Kobe Bryant, Russell Westbrook. I feel like both of them have that dog in them. Yeah. But Kobe, when he has that dog in him, people always talk about Mamba mentality. They have endless stories about him. He's revered, he's respected. Russell Westbrook, he kind of has the same mentality. You could argue that he, he has that dog in him. Yeah. But people make fun of him. They call him West Brick. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's because of the accolades, it's because of the results. Because we live in a results-driven world. We do. So if you have results, you're allowed to say what you want to say. If you don't, I don't know what to tell you.
Yeah, that's the unfortunate portion because you, you, when you're in a situation where people will talk, right, you'll say, all right, I'll do this or I'll do this or I'm grinding or I'm working. And I think I mentioned before, like if some, anybody who says, all right, I'm working, I'm doing everything that I can to the maximum output. If I were to tell you six months, and I'll always make this point, if I told you for six months, I secretly had a nutritionist, sleep therapist, a personal assistant and a personal trainer follow you around. If I told you for six months, these people were following you all day. If you operated at 60% of your maximum you know, effort, you would be able to live. But if not, they shoot you in the head. Would you be willing to have them showcase their you know, analysis over the course of the past six months? If you say no, then I know you're bullshit. Yeah. So the way that I feel about people who always say, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do this, or I'm currently doing this, I'm doing that, I'm grinding, I'm doing all this other stuff. If you're not holding yourself accountable or nobody's holding you accountable, just until you come with results, don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I love whenever I say, hey, don't don't talk about don't talk to me. Show me. Lean with value. Do something. Accomplish something first, then talk about it. Yeah, because at some point, at some point it gets old when people just tell you their plans of what they're doing. Exactly. And they're not making any progress. Because mm -hmm. I always for me, I think you should feel people should feel shame about this. When people come and ask me, hey, what's new? I feel ashamed to tell them the same thing. Let's say I haven't seen someone in two months and they say, hey, what's new with you? I feel ashamed to tell them, well, not much. We're just kind of doing the same thing. There's, it's not exciting anymore. Right. Right. I always, my goal is whenever I see people, whenever I see someone, I want to be able to tell them something new that's happening in my life, in my business, in anything. I want to show them progress because that's what people buy into. They buy into the progress. If you post the same thing on social media, it doesn't matter how fun it is, it gets old. Yeah. Look at Dan Bilzerian. He blew up because his content was fire. It's old. It's dated. People see it now. Like I haven't seen Dan Bilzerian on my Instagram in I want to say a year or two, because mm. no one cares about that stuff anymore. Everyone can do it. Had he done some character development and he became like this playboy guy to now like revered businessman, mm -hmm. I think a lot more people would follow him. But instead, he just posts the same kind of like girl stuff. And it's great. He built his audience that are going to be his diehard fans. Right. But as far as growing his audience, it's difficult. When you see Drake, he did a, he did an album, like a, a house album. And I think that shows some something different that new people can attach themselves to. And what's interesting is sometimes you can try something new and it'll flop or it'll sure. fail, but you have to be willing to go and fail. Sure. But I think that also opens a different dimension and it opens up more transparency with your audience because they'll look at it like, oh, wow, you tried to do something different. It didn't work out. But you see that attempt, the effort. Yeah to try to do something. And I, like right now, one of the things I'm starting to like transition a bit towards like lifestyle marketing showcase, you know, behind the scenes, what things yeah. are like. Cause I started doing some different stuff, random. I saw Taylor Swift had gone to, um, I think she went to one of her, like her followers weddings or something like that, or graduations, mm -hmm. some of that nature. I said, wow, that's interesting. I wonder what that's like, right? And I, I still look at myself, despite the fact that I have all these subscribers on YouTube, I still look at myself like, man, you know, I don't, I don't got that million yet, despite the fact that I'm a little bit away from it. Ah, I can't really call myself that of the successful. But there's so many people who will reach out to me. Oh man, I'm graduating, I'm doing it. So what I started doing is going to some of my subscribers, you know, weddings, graduations, whatever the case is. Last year I went to a mm, wedding in South Carolina. I flew out to South Carolina randomly. He hit me up during one of my live streams. Like, oh man, I'm getting married. I'm like, really? 
Send me, an, send me an email. Let me see if I have availability. I happen to be available. I went over there. Then That's fire. Um, I'm going to two Did weddings. You film it? Huh? I, I only took photos. I didn't film it. Oh, but now. That's a big missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, but they have like video recording. So if anything, I'll just get it from there. But I have some photos and everything. Like I went to just last week, I flew to Chicago. One of my longtime subscribers, he was playing in a um, percussion. And I went over there, just flew out to go and support. He didn't even know I was coming. Did you do a it video? was just rent up. Yeah, I actually recorded, so I have a oh, video yeah. and everything. So then now I'm recording. I'm going to a couple of weddings. Mm -hmm. um, this, I'm going to one this summer. I'm going to one in the fall, just so I can build up. Not only that, just rapport behind the scenes, but then now when I transition and I start to showcase, hey, this is what the behind the scenes looks like. This is what the day to day looks like. Now I have bulk share to show you. Like, oh no, I've been doing this. You just haven't seen it yet. Right. So now, immediately as it begins, the audience would have looked at like, oh man, you know, he's just trying something new. No, he's actually been doing this just quietly. It's like the people who do the shadow the, um, donations to different sort of stuff. Yeah. You're anonymous, so you have no clue. Because a lot of people, whenever you see somebody do like nice charitable you know, donations, or you feel like, ah, you should have recorded on, on camera because it feels like, why would you put this person who's going through a very tough time right. on camera? But if you just withhold that and then you start dropping it, like down the line, yeah, I did this six years ago, I did this seven years ago, I did this five years. The people were looking like, wait a minute, this person's just been this amazing person behind the scenes for so long. It actually grows their perception of you. It's interesting, because I think there's different, there's different views on that. Because I get the idea of like, hey, you're only doing it for the camera. Right. But I also get the idea, because for me, whenever I donate or do something charitable, sometimes I'll do it anonymously. It's not as rewarding when I do it and I showcase it. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm. Um, and the way I see it is it's still a net positive for the world because I'm still giving money out of the kindness of my heart. I just want to post about it because I also, like if I'm fucking spending money, I'd rather get the engagement from spending that money right. than not get the engagement. You know, and at the end of the day, I'm donating money. You could, people that, like good example, Mr. Beast, if he donates a million dollars, if he wants to make a fucking video about it and post it, he should be allowed to do that. Right. And people are going to be like, oh, you only did it for the video. Okay, what the fuck did you do for the video? You didn't do anything. You didn't donate anything. If I donate 10 grand, right? Even 500 bucks. Did you donate 500 bucks? Then why are you bitching at me? And I say this because the other day, I'm gonna start doing it more. Um, I, I did a, just this random, this is like off, off the cuff. I was just having wine last night and I'm scrolling on my TikTok to read the comments and I see one of my, I don't wanna call him fan, but one of my followers. He's a, he's a business influence in the Philippines. Mm. And he goes, he commented, like, sending you love from the Philippines. So I click his profile and I, I see his video. It was cute. It was like, teaching people in the Philippines about financial literacy. In a third world country like that, there's not really a big market for that. Yeah. It's not like the United States. So I'm like, this is dope. So I DM him like, hey, let's do a pay it forward. I'll send you money. And then you go and use that money to like help people in the Philippines. So I seen one of his videos, his monthly expenses was like, like 4,000 pesos. I was like, hey, I'm gonna send you 10,000 pesos. It's like 200 bucks, it wasn't a big deal. I send you 10,000 pesos and you pay it forward in the Philippines. So now we're gonna work on a video where he's gonna make on his page that I sent him 10,000 pesos and he's gonna go and try and like give it to kids or like use it for like as a force of good in the world. Right, you know? that's beautiful, that's so beautiful. I, and I posted about it, I'm, I'm gonna wait to see what he does with it, obviously. Mm -hmm. This motherfucker, theoretically, he could just fool me and he just put it in his pocket. Right. Hey, two months rent? <laughs> right, right. But um, I think when you do something like that, now we're gonna create something out of it and it's gonna be cool. I don't see an issue with posting you doing, people doing good. I think if everyone, and keep in mind, don't post some shit unless you're actually helping people. Right, right. If everyone were to just wanted to post something and let's say everyone donated, I don't know, 100 bucks, but posted about it, 
the world will be a better place. Because now you have people that are just so greedy, holding everything, donating. Imagine, if you pooled, I don't know, let's say I have 100,000 followers. They each donated 100 bucks. It's $10 million. $10 million to go to a cause. That, that's, that can do a lot of good, man, from one person. Now imagine someone else doing it. So I, I don't necessarily have an issue with people posting it, but I get what you're saying. Like, you're going to do all the good shit, and then you're going to... Right, right, because I would, the only, the only problem that I run into with, especially with the posting, it's only because when you see like somebody's homeless, you run up on them, like you got your phone out, you run up on them, oh Oh, my God, look at me, I'm doing a good, like that's where I think it gets kind of wild. Now, if you're going to document it, I'm all for it, because I think there's a difference between like posting and documenting, because there's there's certain ways in which the verbiage in the conversation or how how you go about it, because I'm all for doing good in the world and giving back, because I feel like whenever somebody sees multi-millionaire or even hundred thousand air give money away they look at like oh well that's just a tax break or whatever but we should build a school what's up wrong with that let's build a school in africa i'm all for it i'm game i'm gonna look up how much it is right I'm now game. I'm we game. can commit to it on the we podcast could be like the with the oprah there's the male no. oprah you know what i, I was thinking money. yesterday i was like man and i was a little buzzed because i was drinking wine. i was like i'm in my jay-z era mm. that's you know I, like i used to be in like my my like drake era where i was just like flying around on vacations with girls. But now, like, I got a wifey donating money to the Philippines, the motherland. I'm in my Jay-Z era. Mm. Well, which, which Jay-Z era? You know, early 2010s, he kind of, you know, stepped on Beyonce. But we're not talking about that right now. That's not what... Yeah, listen, we don't need to see any lemonades or anything of that nature real soon. Let's, see, let's see how much it is to open a school. That makes me wonder, how much does it cost to open a school out there? Hmm. Yo, we could have the Dave and Renee school. Man, say less. Yeah, DR. In, in the, not in the DR. Man, that sounds expensive. Oh no, this is in, we can choose Ghana, Guatemala, or Laos. What is Laos? Laos is the, Laos. 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 Sounds like a Pokemon. 50, Laos. 50K. 50K? 50K. So if we both, if we both donated 25K each, we could open a Dave and Renee school in Africa. Mm. That'd be fire, because then we could fly there and film right. them opening they it. Open up a school. Get that done. We should we should make an agreement. I think the first out of the first fifty k that this podcast makes, we we build we build a school with it. Yeah, I like that. That's fine. Then this is a four cause podcast now, so people better watch. Right. They better right. watch this. Build they better watch scooch. it all the way to the end. Yeah, watch right. all the way. To, yeah, if you don't watch this podcast, you fucking hate kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you hate children. You hate children. Because right. that would be. Listen, man. <laughs> you know, we can make an advertisement at the end. Like, oh, you didn't watch this, did you? Just punch a kid in the face. <laughs> like, oh, boy, you see, what, you see what you made me do to this kid? You don't like these kids? Good no, God. But I, 50K to open a school in Africa. Hmm. Or Laos, Guatemala. We should just get all of them. That'd be fire. Yeah. That'd be fire. That, that's literally, I have a vision board up there. That's one thing I want to do. Hmm. 100%. I, I think when it comes to, like, charitable causes... I don't really care, like, this sounds fuck up, fucked up. I don't really care for homeless people. I care about homeless people, but not. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I care uh, about That's a people, clip right there. But I don't care as much. Because mm. they have stuff that's within their control. Like, you're homeless for a reason. Well, I think there's a different, like, oh, now, now you got me going. I don't have See, unlimited money. Well, real quick, real sorry. Yeah. I don't have unlimited money. If I had unlimited money, obviously, I think that's a problem we need to fix. But with me, with the money I have now, there's bigger problems to attend to. The homeless people can, like, can fuck off when there's kids starving. So like for me, I think kids are a big one because they have no, like they're not fully developed, like they, they don't have, they can't really do too much. Kids and animals are the things that like, I want to help like dogs, mm. animals in general. And I want to help kids. Okay. Those are the two, if I have money, that's where it's all going. Okay. 
I don't really care, or domestic abuse. Mm. That's another one. Like those three things are like the biggest charitable contributions I can make. Homeless people, meh, don't care. Uh, <laughs> I care, but like. Oh, man. Like, Could okay. you imagine? You look on the corner of the street, it's a wild bison and it's a homeless person. Well, let's make sure that bison's okay, no, taken no, no, care but of. That's like conservation. That's like, mm. like I'm talking like, like puppies that they're going to get killed. Ah, okay, you know? fair enough. Like the homeless dude, he'll survive. He might struggle on the streets for a little bit, but not really because the government gives him a check. Puppies starving to death, like. Well, it depends on the type of homeless because they got homeless and then they got bums. So it's like two different. See, because you're, you're an L.A. guy. I'm a New York guy. The, the, the bums are the whole different, because that's a commitment to being homeless. Okay, fair. Because there, there's some people, just being homeless, you're just without a home. Like, you can live in a car, you're technically no, like, homeless. So I think about, like, homeless people, right? And I see them, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my perspective is just fucked up. I see them on the, like, same dude. I walk to the store in the morning. He's on the street just like. Oh, that's a bum. No, no, no. But then, I, 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 like, like, 10 hours later, me and my girl are gonna go to dinner or something. He's still out there. Like, it's a bum. I'm so like, bro, you need to See, that, 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 there's a homeless, like, as the homeless, just you fell on hard time, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just say you're in a, the homeless community, you're, you're in a situation where it's like, all right, you just don't got no job. Yeah. Maybe you're living out of your car. Maybe you don't have a car. You're just, it's, it's like the pursuit of happiness sort of situation, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. So that you're trying to make ends meet. You just ain't got no house. Bums. See, with bums, I agree with you. I, I got no sympathy for bums, because if you wake, obviously if you have like a mental sort of situation, then that's something different. But if you woke up every single morning like, hey man, you know, the street, this is just where I'm gonna be. Showers, what is that? Yeah. If you have somebody like that, then, you know, you can kick rocks off. I, I wish I could help you. I'll never forget, I was walking with um, one of my old friends. We were walking in um, Manhattan. We were going to a Madison Square Garden. We were gonna watch a WWE Live event back in like 2015. He had $20 in cash, but it was all in ones, right? So it looked like he was coming from a strip club or something, maybe a low end, because if you're only yeah. throwing 20 singles, something's wrong. I don't know who's dancing. But he gave out a single dollar to like every, because walking in Manhattan, every like homeless that he saw, he's like, oh, here's a dollar or whatever, because there was like a, a there was a halal cart. They was also yeah. selling chips or whatever. So at the time, it was still 25 cents. So everybody could go and get you some bags of chips. Yeah. So he's like, all right, he was just giving a dollar here, here, here. And they're also grateful for it. And it got to the 21st, homeless person and he now was out of singles so there was nothing that he can contribute and that dude he, he just irate started going crazy what do you mean you couldn't give me nothing i saw you give everything over there i'm hungry too you can't feed me what's going on i'm looking at this guy like wait a minute you're, you're so entitled to where you need people to help you this much to where you feel as if you yeah. Like, where's this coming from? Like, that's a bomb right there. And this dude, like, he smelled like piss, all this other stuff. Now, granted, the other one smelled like piss, too. But they were so grateful to have at least gotten something. Yeah. Like, you can see he's run out of money. There's nothing to contribute. Yeah. So with that being the case, like, what the hell's going on over here? Yeah. And this dude, like, every time I'd go to Manhattan, like, still, till this day, he's still out there. Still smells like pee. I think he probably still has the same gray sweatpants. They might be charcoal colored now. But that dude... Every day, he's just out there yeah, on 34. It's crazy, because, no, like, in my hometown, brutal. where I'm from in L.A., there's a homeless guy. Everyone knows him. His name is John. Mm. And, like, I don't know. He has, John, he has, like, a boyfriend and a girlfriend. I know this, because I... Trust me, I was a kid. I was, like, nine years old. And I'm walking down the street, and I just see oh, this guy, Progressive John, homeless. And he does, like, this... He does, like, a head, a head movement thing. But he's just vibing what the entire he time. He's like this. He just walks around like this. Mm. And, literally, he, he just seems happy be, being homeless. So, it's a... Uh, He's a happy homeless, wait, a happy relationally fulfilled. Yeah, homeless. Just, dude is just yeah. interesting. 
Homeless yeah. bisexual guy. Right, home, home, a bisexual homeless enjoying life. Yeah, and he's, it, you know, so I don't know. When I see kids starving mm. and stuff, I'm like, damn, the kids, like, if you're an adult, obviously, even if your faculties are not all there, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, like, there are kids. Like, you've lived some of your life already. The kid has not experienced right. their life yet. You need to give them a future. And the kids are easily moldable. Like, you can help the kids find a better future. Mm-hmm. You know? It's harder to, to change homeless people who are stuck in their ways. Yeah, when you get older, you're not as um, malleable. You're not in a situation where those individuals can have, like, that tweak in the yeah. mind of, all right, right, you go and teach. Like, one of the things, and my brother, me and my brother, we talk about this all the time, where we would love to have some sort of center down the line like wait my grand scheme of things i want to open up like a rec center all encompassing like rec center you have the computers you have the pools you have the basketball courts you have all the different yeah. fields a bunch of different facilities to where if anybody needs to go there and you resources that's the ultimate goal i'm not gonna resources. lie i'm not gonna lie that's that, always been the end goal that was me. one of the big things for me as a, as a kid because my mom she had work and yeah. i had a single mom so and she couldn't afford a babysitter so she was working her nine to five job I'll go to school, right after school, I'll go to the rec center. Yep. And I would just hang out there till like six o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So I would get off school maybe like one or two o'clock. I would go to the rec center, play basketball, hang out with people there, just chill. And that was literally one of the good memories of my childhood. Right. I would look forward to it. It, would be, it wouldn't be, hey, I'm leaving school, I'm gonna go home and be sad. I would look forward to getting out of school, going to the rec center, playing basketball. Was, That's the biggest thing because I would want the children to be in a situation where they have something to look forward to. Okay. So you open up this here rec center and then not only do you have access to all these different resources, <laughs> there's individuals there, who whether it's teachers, mentors, whatever the case is, that can provide that guidance. Yeah. Because it, look at kids who go to school now. Like if you have an extracurricular activity after school, whether you're playing sports, if you're mm-hmm. part of a different sort of club, you damn near coast through the day to get, get to, to the, the afternoon and the extracurricular activity. Cause that's where the fun is at. That's where the fun is at. So if I now have this rec center that is servicing kids from K till 12 and even set up some systems to where it can also service some adults but it's primarily pushed towards the kids now you're in a situation where you're really changing lives Mm -hmm. because of course school can do its job but there's a lot of times in which parents they can't afford to like whether it's babysitters whether it's paying for team sports whether it's paying for band my brother played um instruments when he was yeah he was bass clarinet he could play the piano and all this other stuff but when it came time to go into different sort of bands outside of the school or even at the school you don't got the money to do it then what so if i now have a rec center where if i make enough money to where i can cover the overhead and it's all just you show up and you get to participate now you have children who have access to a bunch of things because ultimately in the grand scheme of things when it comes down to kids it's all come down to access yep if you have a child who's in a situation where you can try a bunch of different things now you can really identify what it is that you're actually interested in because as as children once we, we have to keep trying stuff to find out oh what's our thing what do we like yeah. Do you like playing basketball because it's the only sport you have access to or because you played a lot of different sports and then you chose that, you one. Chose that one? There's a lot of people who like fencing. I've always found fencing interesting. I'm like, How the hell do you get into fencing? What parent, lunatic, says, hey, try on this, put on this aluminum sort of foil looking like garb. Trying to stab each other. Take this thing and stab each other. Every parent would say, no, don't do that. But if you have enough, obviously, money, resources to now get that child to try that, all of a sudden now they reach like 14, 15, 16. Man, I wish and I bam, they offensive on guard, bitch. Person, right? 
they're doing all this other stuff, jousting and all this other stuff. So you want to have a situation where you have the resources. So if I were to have a rec center with all of these encompassing activities that all these kids can go and participate in, that's always been my end goal. Whether it be here, whether it be Africa, whether it be Haiti, whether it be somewhere in Europe, yeah. wherever the case may be, I would want to open up some sort of center where the kids can go and they actually get access to resources. I think that is by far the best idea that I have, or I should say the, the best thing that I will have accomplished All right, so in my I life. think we agree. If we're gonna, let's rank charitable causes from best to worst then. So I think we both agree that kids are the top one. Right, because the children are the future. And then, <laughs> the it sounds so fucked up. I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying that. Yeah, ki kids are at the top, kids right? Are the top. Bums are at the bottom. <laughs> bums at the, the bottom. The bums are at the bottom. So ladies, some of your boyfriends are at the hey, bottom. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. Some, 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 some bums. Bums it, at the got, bottom. They got, it, it, unfortunately, right? Especially yeah. that, that, that Josh was the bum in LA. John. John, John, well shout out to John. You know, he was able shout to find John. love. You know, and yeah. there's people twice. There twice, and there's people on Tinder, Bumble, all those different apps. Yeah. They can't find anybody. True. They've been sitting at home lonely. John's a bum, <laughs> and he's got two. <laughs> he's got a man and a girl. Facts. And you lonely. How John. you feel about it? Shout out John. Shout man. out John. Shout yeah, out so John. Yeah, so I think it's kids. What What would be second? I got. I think. I think for me, it would be like domestic abuse would be like the second charitable cause that I would want to change. Um. Animals. I'm trying to think of other ones. Environment. Bums are the environment. That's the. Yeah, bums are you, the environment. No, no, bums or <laughs> bums are the environment. Which one? Which one are you choosing? Save the environment or save bums? Yeah. Good God. I, I'd probably go with the environment. Man. It's just something, man. Bums. Bums has just got. Oh, maybe, right, maybe because I've been in New York too long. Because I don't know, man. It's just that there are some bums where you just, man. If you disappeared tomorrow, Damn. I feel no. I feel no. 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 No ill will or nothing. So like. Thing. So like. I guess Peter. Like, Peter or or bums. Mm. Well, surprisingly enough, I, me and animals. I've never had, I feel nothing toward, towards animals at really? all. Really? Yeah, I feel, I, nothing. Are you a psychopath? Like, I always thought I was, but what's weird, I don't feel pleasure. Like I, I can, I remember um, when, on the early days of YouTube, right? When you, there was just wild videos everywhere. I saw yeah. somebody get beheaded on YouTube, all this other <laughs> stuff. Like it was nice. crazy. There was a video of a guy killing a horse. Oh my God. Br it's because br horses like one of the majestic creatures, right? Yeah. And I'm watching this. I'm I think at the time this was 2007, so I'm like 13. I'm watching this, no emotion, no emotion. And I remember there was like the gore sites, like back when we were breaking into like the internet. You're going and you're putting you're going in school. You're putting in the proxy stuff. This is to concerning, it, right? And I would go. They they put on like these gore sites. And all these animals just getting slaughtered. Like they'd have video of like rot slaughterhouse, these cows going into this machine and everything. And I would just sit there, no reaction. <laughs> like I'm not getting pleasure from so this. Concerning. I'm not, I'm not like, oh my God, look at the look at the I was seeing eyes pop up. I'm just sitting there like, wow. I don't know if I was desensitized or something. This is so concerning. I don't know. It's weird. I felt nothing. I but it's not mean. like I wake up in the morning like, oh man, let's kill the dogs. Oh, you wanna make some you wanna make some horse meat? There's no problem. Let's make this. So now when you see people, do you feel the same way or do you feel a little like I do have like the the when I see unless it's like you got some bums, I don't know. <laughs> but with with people, like if they're going through some rough I, I empathize. I have the sympathy okay. that there because of course when i see like animals going through some rough moments like when they're in the arms of the angels oh, the dog yeah, commercial, those, yeah. like those commercials you see them crying i used to just sit there like wow 
I wonder what happened to make that dog cry, go about the rest of my business. I feel nothing. But I, I'm not one of those individuals like, oh man, you know what, let's just uh, kill the atoms. We should cook everything. I'm not, I'm not gonna do all that, but as it pertains to the totem pole of you know saving things, uh, animals wouldn't necessarily be a big priority for me. So that's interesting. I think everyone has a different threshold. Cause I can agree to that. Like, I see people like scared to kill bugs. They're right. Like, no, what the, like if I see a bug oh, right now. It's over. And they're like, let him out, catch it, and throw it outside. I'm like, bro, I'm gonna fucking step on it. Right. I'm not gonna. So like, I think that's where my threshold is. That bugs, like, when I see small, like a hamster, a bunny, I'm like, oh, so cute. You can't hurt that little animal. The second you get smaller, like a bug, I'm mm. like, man, kill that shit. Just step on it. Yeah. Just give it one of these. Right. Don't don't care anymore. If it's crunchy, it's better. It goes. Yeah. I've oh, always yeah. asked like people like like with with PETA individuals, like the PETA enthusiasts, right? At what point does the buck stop? Because yeah. like, oh man, we need to save all the other stuff. But let these rats, don't let's, care, let's yeah. let the rats live. Let's let the rats live and go around and do. No, you don't. If you had a firearm right now, you would light up every rat that you've seen that's running around. I don't know what their importance is. Mosquitoes. Who yeah, see, murder like, all the rats, mosquitoes? I'm not gonna lie. I don't feel bad for a rat. I, wanna, I don't think I would kill a rat. Oh, you don't? Oh, I would. I would. Yeah, see, like, I, I, think... I have, I have sent several to the shadow realm. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're just around in New York. I don't think I've oh, seen yeah, it's brutal, man. They, they're yeah. everywhere. They're I don't everywhere. think I've seen a rat. Like, I don't know. I think for me, if it doesn't have a skeleton, I don't like mm. I, that's where my threshold is. Like, lizards, I would feel bad if I see a lizard and like I see someone kill a lizard, I would feel bad. Snake, I would feel bad, but like crocodile, I would feel bad, but like a bug, that's where I'm like, mosquito, kill it, fly, dead. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's the skeleton that like. A this the skeleton. This is an interesting take. Because a skeletal that. system is what makes something like functioning almost like as a full animal. Mm -hmm. Like bugs are just kind of like dumb. They just doo -doo, kill them. Mm. Interesting. So. Huh. Well, tell that to ants. I mean, you throw out some sugar. I've seen some very sophisticated ants. True, but are they just programmed like that? Like I don't know. But who's programming them? They God. You, but, but you would still have to have some sort of thought process to get allow yourself to be programmed i guess to a no, certain degree no because think about it if men if men if if people can program a computer program to create ants that act exactly like ants would wouldn't that mean they're like simple programmable creatures to a certain degree because like good example it, it would be almost impossible to create uh something that acts exactly like a human mm-hmm just because humans are so sophisticated and complex and there's always different variables, it's impossible to predict a human to the T. I think it's based in emotion. I think yeah. that's probably the biggest. With ants, it's like, you know for a fact they're gonna do this little pattern, whatever the fuck they do. Hmm. Sugar, I'm moving a zigzag line to pick it up and bring it to my queen. Like, it's, it's super predictable. You know, that, that, that brings me to what I think we can, we can close with. I think the battle between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg what they can do is the bad whoever wins has to create a humanoid sized ant <laughs> right and try to make them as human as possible to see if the di the difference between one that has no emotion and then one that does i think that'd be interesting you have a human versus a humanoid sized ant human who would do that better i feel like elon is building robots he would do that better zuck would build like a metaverse ant yeah. right but then if the ant, he'd probably block the ant, too. Yeah, he, at that he point, would censor him. If the right. ant starts talking about COVID-19. Right, yeah, you censor, censor the him. ant. Censor hmm. the ant. Are ants censor censorable? Are they, are they, <laughs> hmm, are they censorable? Interesting. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Censorable ants. Censorable ants. All right, guys, you can drop it in the comments. 
Are ants censorable? Right? Can you, can you, can you cancel an ant? Maybe mm. taking too much salt or sugar. Right? Yeah, what if they're homophobic? Hmm. Mm. Ho- Interesting. Homophobic. You know, that, that, that reminds me of this. Uh, um, there was a video that's been going viral on um, Twitter of a turtle. Because I guess what, what, with the turtles, oh, when they see the color black, they go into attack mode. <laughs> so they, had a, they lined up a bunch of black, or oh, oh, no, white air forces. And they had one black air force. And the, and the turtle was just walking past all of them. And they spotted the black one. It went over the white one and started headbutting the black air force one. And they had like a bunch of memes of Dr. Umar at the end of it just sitting there saying, like, oh, you don't find that suspicious? I found that hilarious. Oh boy, racist turtles, man. Racist turtles. Yeah, I would still save them instead of the bombs. But <laughs> above all else, ladies and gentlemen, it is I, the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual, the chiseled Adonis. But of course, you already knew that this is a serial entrepreneur, the Flippino Prince Tycoon. Renee Lacard. We are, this, this is, is Assiduous. assiduous.